You're listening to the Peter Ryan Report on Coinspice.io. You're listening to the Peter Ryan We're back with the Peter Ryan Report on CoinSpice, episode six. And this time around, we're facing um, Peter's take on the ecosystem. So I think for a lot of people, myself included, we began at least by seeing Bitcoin as one thing, maybe this, this magical internet bean, and you know we can send it between give it to each other through email or something like that. Uh, it has since blossomed into something I don't think anybody saw coming, right? Yeah, it was this little project in the corner of the internet that uh, you know no one really noticed at first and uh, seen as something almost akin to uh, you know someone playing Magic the Gathering or uh, you know cards like that. And exactly. Little did they know how... Uh, uh, similar some, that would go on to be, but yeah, it, it really emerged uh, later into this grand phenomenon uh, that we see it today. And uh, at the early days, probably no one really thought all of the ramifications and players and dynamics that would uh, transpire. And before we get into uh, where where I think we we might go, let's give a lay of the land. So you have cryptocurrencies. And then you have miners, and then you kind of, kind of give us give us a brief overview of, of basically what the ecosystem consists of uh, ten years on. Yeah, so you know we obviously have Bitcoin, but then that's grown out into forks of Bitcoin. That's grown into uh, different blockchains altogether, alternative cryptocurrencies, uh, private versus public blockchains. When it comes to enterprise companies getting into the matter. Um, and also trying to pervert the name to distributed uh, ledger technology and, and the likes of that. Uh, so we have these, these different categories of cryptocurrencies, blockchains that have come about. And then when we expand into the, the players, we, what we see is, number one, the developers. That, you know, and that's who we first really think about, who has control of these cryptocurrencies, and who is inventing them, who is managing them. And then we think of the users next. And these are the people that are getting their hands on it. They're paying for goods and services. They're hodling. Uh, they're uh, using them for decentralized applications. And so really, when most people just think, how do cryptocurrencies operate and who's uh, causing all this activity? It's, it's the developers on the back end, the users on the front end. But then we can go steps further and we can really look at some other people that are around. Uh, and so miners are an often uh, overlooked uh, category of people uh, that are very important specifically to proof of work blockchains uh, in that they're pushing transactions through, they're validating um, the chain and they're basically engaging in one of the key ways that Satoshi Nakamoto came up with uh, to incentivize people to be honest. And so if you have sort of this proof of work, this capitalist-like 
uh, game going on where it's always more profitable to uh, all the competing miners out there to follow the rules rather than to 51% attack the chain or double spend or do any sort of uh, perverse um, attack on the network. Um, you know, all those competing miners really play that important role of, of sustaining um, the health going forward. Uh, but and, and just on just just on the mining idea itself, that it that branches out even further underneath the mining rubric to hardware manufacturers, uh, as you mentioned, the different types of, of algos, um, mining pools, uh, cloud stuff. I mean, it's it's crazy. Just you could spend a whole episode and beyond just discussing mining, right? Exactly. So there's like a micro ecosystem within the miners where you, you laid it out perfectly. There's not just what probably was envisioned back in the early days of just there's this miner, there's this guy that's or this larger group devoting, um, you know, infrastructure cost and, and compute, electricity, computing power, um, all within sort of the first party. Uh, but then you get out into second and third parties when you talk about there's mining pools, people are kind of linking up and diversifying uh, the probabilities to attain a block and distribute the rewards, uh, as well as the manufacturers who are, you know, they're selling the shovels to the gold diggers and uh, they're coming up with new algorithms to be faster and, and better. And, uh, you know, whoever has that new hardware that's the greatest is sort of the greatest miner. And so like they're, they're downstream or upstream uh, from affecting the network in a way. Uh, and then, you know, you talk about, you know, cloud mining and, and sort of how different parties, it's like they don't even have to think about the dynamics of the, the hardware, the electricity costs. They can just completely pay someone else to do it for them and, and reap the rewards. And we so, haven't even gotten into like, chip development uh the whole the whole mining boom uh and manufacturer boom caused uh caused uh you know further chip scarcity and run out for gaming consoles and i mean there's there's a there's a um, r&d uh, on the on the mining manufacturing side at least for a while that was even leaning towards ai and i mean it, it's just amazing right yeah, it's really this twist on the Milton Friedman uh, pencil story where, uh, you know, you start with one individual pencil and you try to unravel all the materials and all of the people that went in to produce this one pencil and you end up, you know, going back to the rubber and the eraser, uh, the metal and the little bit connecting it, the, the wood that came from the timber and so forth. And you get down to like, okay, so the wood came from uh, some forest area somewhere. Well, there was lumberjacks and then, you know, those lumberjacks also need to be fed breakfast. So then there's the diners and the chefs and then those <laughs> chefs, you know, need cars. So there's the car dealership. And so we're kind of doing this with, with cryptocurrency a little bit uh, and we can see how far this goes on, but, but really to tighten it back up. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's this, multifaceted ecosystem where it's it's not just the computer hacker developer guy that's creating these things or the user that's going out using them but it's but it's these other unique players like miners like the manufacturers of mining equipment that are coming in and playing a, a very significant role uh 
and and how and how we should think about that and how uh, especially new people should think about how that affects their investment or their um, decision to use a particular cryptocurrency. For instance, if you don't really understand mining dynamics and you're coming in new and you're trying to choose between a proof of work or a proof of stake currency, you know, you could be at a loss of really fully understanding, um, uh, you know, what you're getting yourself into and, and, and the underlying utility of each. And, and just to specify on proof of stake quick, you know, now we now we've branched off into stakers. This is a new class of of player in the ecosystem where instead of devoting um, computer power and you know the entrepreneurial spirit to being the most competitive miner in a proof of work chain, now we have these proof of stake chains where it's really who has the most capital, and whoever has the most capital within a chain that can devote to say, I'm going to stake this. I'm going to put this up as collateral, and so. Whoever has the most staked can actually get more blocks given to them to validate them, to push transactions through. And uh, the way that works out in terms of the scenario that uh, those that invented Envision would be that, oh, well, if they try to attack the system, well, they will lose the collateral that they put out because the wider network will decide um, you know, they were nefarious and, you know, thus they lost the money. Uh, so that's, that's a whole new dynamic. Yeah. It's, it, 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 the more you try to break the ecosystem down, the more you realize how complicated, how complex it has, it has become. And so far we've only touched on coins, devs, and miners. Uh, we haven't even gotten into the 800 pound gorilla that's, haunting this uh, this particular episode, which of course is? Exchanges. And <laughs> I think it's really, uh, you know, uh, fair to say in the beginning, no one really saw uh, that exchanges would play uh, such an outsized uh, role in influencing the industry of creating the culture of, of deciding uh, matters in terms of, uh, you know, specifically, like, let's bring up, uh, you know, who is the, the true Bitcoin? And it's, and it's almost a function of, well, who do the exchanges reward the ticker symbol to? Uh, you know, that, that is such of a, uh, a value that, that is placed uh, that there's really, uh, there's really no contest to say that, oh, well, you know, exchanges don't matter. And in fact, you know, if, back when Bitcoin Cash forked, all the exchanges gave it BTC as the ticker, you know, there'd be a maybe a whole different conversation over, you know, what is the original chain or, you know, what these That's arguments are. That's a great point. And, and there's even exchanges that don't even uh, provide the requested ticker, uh, which is BCH, uh, and they try to, you know, throw out uh, BAB or BCH, ABC, whatever, trying to uh, maybe, you know, confuse or, you know, distinguish it uh, and such. And so, again, they're, they're playing a role in deciding matters of, you know, what is, uh, you know, what is valuable. And by them placing emphasis on a ticker, by them uh, 
listing a coin in the first place, getting it, getting aside of just sort of that uh, nomenclature issue, uh, just the listing and delisting uh, becomes a huge, uh, uh, you know, action that these exchanges can t take to affect uh, the future of coins. And we saw this most recently with the delisting of BSV when, uh, yeah. you know, Craig Wright was going around uh, with the legal action and a lot of people got bent out of shape over that. And so notably uh, Kraken, um, Shapeshift and Binance uh, all decided at once that we're going to delist BSV because Craig Wright is such of a, uh, you know, tangled up in that coin. Uh, and so all at once you just saw um, these exchanges basically uh, just lay a knockout punch in a sense to the BSV community and the value of that coin. Uh, whereas, you know, let's say, let's remove them from the picture. Uh, you know, should exchanges have such of a say like that? Is that good? And, uh, you know, should we be judging these coins purely on the merit of their developers and uh, their network? Uh, you know, specifics, and then ultimately the market decides. Ultimately, delisting is up to the uh, the buyers and sellers, and the ultimate delisted event is when the coin goes to zero. So right, and yeah, and so even go on. Go ahead. So the 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 tension there is is the one that you mentioned, but also from our camp, we we tend to play both sides um, of that argument in the sense that. On the one hand, we'll cry shitcoin, 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 and then on the other, uh, to say an exchange like Binance, and we'll we'll label um, uh, CZ as being, you know, the quintessential uh, S coin peddler, and that he's just out to, you know, you know, flood the market with with nonsense and balls. And on the other hand, we'll say, oh well, you know, you should keep all coins on until the market decides. So there seems to be a, a weird cognitive dissonance that with our side is running through as well um, in the sense that if we have say a bias against exchanges or we have a bias against exchanges listing, you know, everybody and their mom. Um, I think also an interesting aspect of which I'm sure you're going to get to uh, is the liquidity idea and that trading is happening on these exchanges away from peers. So in other words, if Bitcoin is an electronic peer-to-peer -peer cash system, as, as the white paper's title is, um, exchanges seem to not violate it, but they're doing something dramatically different. And I don't want to turn this into an anti-exchange or whatever. I, I'm pro-speculation as you know, all libertarians are. But it, it, it is a different evolution or, or a different idea from, from where we started. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're at all trying to get at, you know, exchanges must do this or, uh, you know, they, they should be forced in any manner. Uh, but, I, but I think it's perfectly allowed for us in this community, uh, you know, going back and forth to say, you know, this is what exchanges should do. Uh, in a very similar way to how we think about free speech on social media platforms, that again, these th these platforms are private entities, but they've 
come to be these town squares, these, uh, these open forums, and that ultimately we believe they should allow all free speech so long as it's, you know, abiding by, um, you know, terms and conditions that are, that are rational. We, um, we have to hold them to a, a decidedly higher standard because they, they do have a disproportionate or can have a disproportionate impact on the broader ecosystem. Exactly. As, as the, you know, community, we can, we can shout back at them and say, this is what you should do. And, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And, uh, and yeah, similar to, again, the social media platforms, like, you know, you are platforms for uh, price discovery, uh, liquidity, and uh, market making. And, and ultimately, um, yeah, there is, there is the private uh, decision factors going on of, of what coins to list. But to a certain extent, uh, once you decide to list a coin or once there's sort of uh, the elephant in the room of, uh, you know, there's, there's tons of community uh, uh, discussion about you should list a coin. Uh, you know, once it's on the exchange, again, it's, it's sort of, uh, it, it's, it's really hard to then make the argument to walk it back and say, oh, well, now we have to delist it unless there was some very significant, uh, you know, thing going on. But uh, whatever the opinion you have about an individual in a given cryptocurrency, uh, just delisting it because someone ran their mouth or is going, getting up to antics, however, however bad in, in terms of their individual uh, interactions with other members of the industry, um, to punish an entire coin uh, seems seems a stretch too far, and and it sends a, a really interesting precedent. So, um, you know, you're they're they're beginning down this road, and then I've already seen on social media uh, people tweeting at you know X or Y Z other project and their supposed problems and issues, and they'll immediately compare it. Uh, to that, to that uh, recent delisting, go well. This is far worse than that, and so on. And uh, it's really interesting. I think an answer, maybe not as as you know, instantly compelling and 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 impactful right away uh, to exchange dominance is the advent of decentralized exchanges. <laughs> and uh, here is a whole other ball of wax, where you know you can create, you know notable exceptions and regulations and so on, but you can create uh, uh, alternatives uh, to the dominant exchanges, right? Exactly. And so almost um, decentralized exchanges are sort of the answer to this problem of uh, centralized exchanges becoming, uh, you know, too powerful and that there needs to be some, again, private sector regulation of them through competition with this. And by having this, uh, these decks, what they're colloquially called, uh, come about, you know, you can create the marketplace uh, without the market maker. And, uh, you know, so long as the technology is sound, that should work out. But uh, there has been examples where, you know, that, that still is tricky to, um, to figure out. I believe there was, there was a DEX uh, going on with the Ethereum crowd uh, where uh, the creator of it was somehow still able to uh, manage it, and there was some 
uh, court order going on. And, right. uh, you know, I forget the specific details of that story, but right. well, there's um, also, there's there's also still lots to be figured out there. Yeah, yeah. There's also BISC, uh, B-I-S-Q, uh, Manfred uh, Cars Project. And, you know, that was supposed to be an answer. And then dude just has a major, major issue with Bitcoin Cash and decides to propose delisting that. And right around sort of the same time period, it just didn't get a whole lot of press. Um, so m maybe the decentralized exchange idea comes down to, you know, how decentralized is it really? And can we, can, can we move from our biases? Like, will it, will it ever really get to a point where someone will go, okay, that, that looks decentralized to me. But um, anyway, the ecosystem is ginormous and I don't see it slowing down. Do you have any kind of um, sense as to what you might see as sort of popping next um, in terms of uh, the ecosystem, like, like an exchange, not an exchange, but something on the, the level of exchanges or uh, sort of a, a, another industry that you may see uh, coming into play here? Yeah, so um, we've laid out that there's, you know, developers that work on the protocol and, you know, application layers. There's the users, there's the miners, there's the stakers, um, you know, there's the exchanges and soon to be more decentralized exchanges. Um, and, you know, where the next players could emerge, um, you know, there's still a lot of uh, different ways that could play out. But I think one to focus on particularly is kind of a group that has kind of been forgotten or neglected. And I think those are, um, you know, the crypto payment processors, the, the, the guys that are really getting into the business of how do we uh, make, uh, you know, point of sale? How do we make uh, online transactions uh, as easy as possible for people to like plug into their website for you know US dollars to be presented on the front end and then uh, you know do a bunch of swaps in the back end um, you know BitPay has uh, you know they've been doing this for a while and they're an example of uh, a company that is uh, really uh, focused in this area and I, I feel they've been neglected and I feel this group sort of uh, doesn't get the, the light it deserves because, uh, you know, we've moved away in the wider space from that use case. We've, we've really uh, forgotten about it. And it's interesting that those groups, those people didn't seem to have the sway to push things in their, um, in their direction in terms of, you know, making... Uh, Bitcoin Core, you know, fast, easy, cheap, reliable to use. Uh, and it, you know, went the other direction into this hard to use, expensive settlement layer that doesn't really make sense to build a business around, uh, you know, point of sale and online transactions. And so with the advent of Bitcoin Cash and other cryptocurrencies that are prioritizing, um, you know, that use case, uh, hopefully, you know, they reemerge as more of a uh, influential uh, player in the industry ecosystem 
and that uh, you know they really vocalize where it should be headed and and onboarding the next wave of adopters because uh, you know again buying and selling is one of the best ways to bring people on to see the utility of these of these networks and um, just having you know exchanges be these elephants in the room and kind of abstracting away into well it's all about the price going up or down and uh we're uh myopically focusing on these upswings and downswings and 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 dips and pumps and and all this stuff and and i think that's sort of the wrong way to look at it where you get out of the abstract and you go back to the first principles and that's where all these uh these commerce companies these these online retailers uh that's who uh, is most clued into uh, the core utility here, and hopefully they reemerge. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because <clears throat> as you were talking, I was thinking, well, gee whiz, the exchanges themselves have discovered that is probably the next big play, and are moving into that space. I know uh, Coinbase and some others are are working um, in Europe um, to to help with some of the uh, top up cards there. Uh, BitPay, as you mentioned, uh, but also uh, Gemini is is uh, is touting the the flexa spending idea of uh, Walmart and uh, Walmart. Sorry, Wall. Jeez, uh, uh, Louise, Whole Foods, <laughs> and uh, which has nothing to do with either Walgreens or Walmart. Uh, Whole Foods and thirty thousand other retailers and whatever else. So it is interesting that they've noticed it uh, as well that you know, trading back and forth price discovery, um, always looking for the shiny new, new thing is, is certainly an aspect of the ecosystem, but to give it legs, to give it sustainability, people have to interact with it, man. Pe- people have to see it and they have to be able to touch it and, and give it a spin. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's a really, really, really good point that you're making there. Um, yeah, I appreciate the efforts that uh, Gemini is making in that manner when they're bringing on Flexa and they're, uh, you know, getting Whole Foods and, and the rest uh, to kind of engage in this cryptocurrency. But I, I think there's something to be observed there that's a little uh, pernicious, which is it seems to be they're really marketing in terms of, you know, use our Gemini Flexa collaboration tech uh, to send Gemini stable coins, uh, you know, around, and then that can be converted back and forth to, to fiat and pay the retailers just fine. And I think if we start uh, going down that path where it's like, oh, wow, you know, let's convert our fiat to a cryptocurrency that is pegged to that same fiat so that we can then send it to a retailer that converts it back to fiat. I, I think that's sort of not the, the <laughs> exact path that we should be going down. Yeah. Although I, I believe that they are including uh, ways that you can use the other cryptocurrencies that they have listed on their platform, um, you know, to send and, and do the, that sort of double conversion thing. Uh, but yeah, to, I think that's sort of, that's, that's a risk that, that we can get into kind of trying to get the name crypto out there. And then all of a sudden it's sort of, you know, 
well, we really just invented some new fintech thing uh, with these stable coins, and it, it has nothing to do with what crypto is, which is a separate monetary system, which is a new money, which is a uh, a better system than the, uh, the fiat uh, traditional options that are presented to us as default. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the thing to watch when it comes to. Uh, folks like that getting into the business of commerce and and uh, retail. It is interesting that the wildness, the wildcat open free um, sort of zeitgeist or whatever that that bred and birthed uh, Bitcoin and then this this tenure in ecosystem has now become something that the the big boys the the the, the major financial institutions that want to come in and tame um it, it is it is really really interesting and they're they just seem to be building these these bigger outside boxes uh that are trying to contain something that uh, like water just simply cannot be stopped and they're trying to put a new face on it and you know make it friendly and easy and uh, this you know the whole the whole power is is maybe disruption and um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that that shakes out. You know, the the coin bases of the world. Uh, I think should get a lot of credit for onboarding people um, who found maybe wallets and other things icky, and they they went out and created a a UX that that people can can you know get behind and find familiar. Um, how much it takes away, and how you know you know what it really translates into. Uh, I'm like you. I, I'm I'm somewhat skeptical about. Um, 50 million steps to get to where we already are. But um, the payment processors uh, who are doing the yeoman's work, uh, creating um, easier stripped down wallets and, uh, um, you know, um, better point of sale systems. I, I think, you, I think you're absolutely right. They're, they're the ones to watch going forward. Yeah. And we've, and we've talked about some big folks uh, that are, in the industry uh, in terms of those payment processor like services, but, but also like there's little guys out there and I always enjoy, um, you know, looking at what a company called Bitbacker is doing and they saw this need to have a crypto Patreon like uh, service out there and they went out and created it. And uh, you know, it's a little rough around the edges, but it it's out there and it's, and it's something that was immediately, uh, I think grabs some sort of virality or, um, um, you know, optimism in the industry because uh, people could clearly see that, that, oh, this is a, this is a great use. This is an ideal use. People that, um, you know, need uh, subscriptions and patrons and want to get paid for their content on a regular basis, you know, let's find a way to bring cryptocurrencies into that and and solve that niche all right man well appreciate you coming on and, and another great uh, peter ryan report where can people find your work yeah people can follow me at twitter at underscore peter ryan that's where you can find some great stuff i'll i tweet quite a bit uh charts uh data reporting of the industry uh some really cool memes uh stuff like that also uh recently launched uh you can follow me at ryanresearch.co it's my new research firm and we'll be 
reporting on mainly cryptocurrency as well as other cutting edge technologies. You can find articles, videos, podcasts that I've been on, and you can soon find um, in-depth and data-driven reports on there uh, that cover the gamut when it comes to what's going on in this industry. And always please subscribe to my newsletter when you get there. You're listening to the Peter Ryan Report on Coinspice.io. You're listening to the Peter Ryan Report on Coinspice.io. Bye.